I'm going to continue if I can get my glasses. I didn't bring my, uh, I didn't bring my case, so I just had to poke down in there. Mark chapter four. We were talking about the sensitivity of the spirit, and we caught, kind of got a little sensitive last Saturday, last Wednesday night, and I hope we stay pretty sensitive tonight as we're talking about the sensitivity of the spirit. Mark chapter four. And I will begin reading at verse number nine. It says it like this. And he said unto them, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Amen. And then dropping down to verse 23, it says it like this. uh, And any man having ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, he was really speaking about sensitivity. Amen. Hearing the voice of God, hearing, amen, uh, creating a, an ability to know what the Spirit of the Lord is desiring to do, the, the ability to grasp the purpose of God in our lives. I don't want to, I don't want to, don't, don't live my life and, and right at the end of it, I knew that God wanted me to do something else, you know, or God wanted me to do, do, do something, had his, he had plans for my life that I never understood until it was too late. I want, I want to know what the will of the Lord is now. He that hath an ear to hear, amen. And if any man have ears to hear, amen. And I think that each one of us ought to be listening is, uh, is, what, uh, is what we want God to do. Uh, I've said this several times, but this room right now is absolutely jammed full of voices. It's, it's so many voices going on in, in this room right now. All you have to have a tuner to certain frequencies and things that you could pick up. You could pick up music, you could pick up teaching, you could pick up preaching. Uh, you know, they're, they're here. Amen. And uh, we, we just, like I say, we uh, can understand that by means of men's inventions that those things can, can, uh, can entertain us or whatever. But I believe that the voice of God can be speaking tonight too. Not only just for me reading here, but I think the Lord could even drop a few words into our minds and hearts if we just... Amen, could hear, amen. Mark chapter 24, uh, chapter 23, verse 23, I mean, Mark chapter 4 and, 20, and 24, and he said, he said unto, take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Amen. For he that hath, hath, to him it shall be given, and to he that hath not, from him it shall be taken away. Now, the Amplified Bible has it like this, verse 24. But he who puts his practice, in practice into practice what he hears, the more you do this, the more you will understand what is telling you. In other words, the more that you become sensible, sensitive, and the, the more that you... Uh, put, your, put into practice hearing 
what's being taught on Wednesday nights or hear what was preached Sunday or whatever. They just say, you know, that was a good sermon or that was a good message or that was good, but, uh, and then we got to get back to work and we got to go this and this, that and the other. But it, those, the words of God could, could be just meditated day, all day long the next day or whatever. It, meant, it, could, it could change your life. I believe that God wants to do a work every time we come to church that will somehow make a difference in our life. Amen. And it, it can apply to us in very many, many different ways. The response of what you hear, if you don't uh, do something, amen, you will lose it. Just like uh, uh, if, you're, if you get your mind off of what, was, what the, the message was, then you, will, you cannot call it back in a day or two. It'll be gone. Uh, you might remember it from time to time, but what the, what the really the scripture here that uh, Mark was speaking and Jesus was speaking here in Mark was uh, for us to maintain and, and, and retain the things that, uh, that we hear. And that's sometimes I know we want to, and sometimes we forget. And I'm, I've got one of them good, I've got one of them good or fitter gators. Amen. But, uh, I should, I should uh, ask each one of us should uh, maintain something about our service tonight. Praise God. Faith cometh by hearing. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith cometh when we become sensitive to God. Faith comes. And I had several stories I could tell about faith, and I may tell one or two of them tonight. I don't know for sure, but uh, uh, faith is one of those experiences that you have to, it, it's, it's, got to, it's got to be a builder of uh, experience after experience sometimes. Amen. If you don't, we, faith will, we, we rely upon ourselves. Amen. Before God, or going, before, excuse me, before going any further, amen, I want to look at the insensitivity. We've talked about sensitivity. Now we're going to talk about insensitivity are desensitizing yourself. And uh, it's just the opposite of sensitive. You can, you can actually desensitize yourself. Amen. To where things don't bother you like they used to. Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. We'll turn there. Amen. For a couple of three verses of scripture. Exodus 23. And I will begin reading it, verse number 20 through 23. Behold, I send an angel before thee. Now, this is God talking to Moses. I'm going to send an angel before thee. Amen. To keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. This is God saying, Moses, you just make sure you hear what he has to say and don't go your own way. Okay, more or less. Amen. But if thou shalt in, indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and the adversity unto thine adversaries. 
for mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee into the, the, to the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Canaanites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. In other words, I've got a promise that I'll take care of the enemy if you'll just take care of following what I have to say. That sounds great, isn't it? You know, we miss out on a lot of things in the Lord because we, uh, we don't really do it like we ought to. You know, if you, all you have to do, and I, I know we've already been dealing with some of this, about David and all of his psalms, creating me a clean heart. And, and uh, he, he, was, he was asking forgiveness over and over again. Uh, those really, you know, there's, that's, just, that's just failures. That he has to get restored unto me. Amen. Even after he was after God's own heart, he had, he had situations to come up in his life that he was continue asking God to, uh, to, uh, to help him. And Paul said, I die daily. In other words, he, he was saying that I don't want anything to grow up. <laughs> Amen. If you're going to, if, <laughs> if you're going to have a good cotton crop, you have, to, you have to chop all the weeds out of it and, and grass. Don't let it start growing up and, and, and overtaking your you're, uh, we've, I've had sometimes in my, my childhood days, uh, we lost a crop because uh, the weeds got bigger than we did, and, uh, or the cotton did, and uh, it choked it out. Amen. So make sure you keep every day uh, tr- trimming the stuff that's going to try to choke, choke out the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3, and I'll begin reading at verse number 7. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. In other words, don't become desensitized. Don't don't, uh, start choosing your own path. If the Holy Ghost is willing to speak, if you'll just hear it and don't harden your heart. Amen. Harden not your heart as the provocation in the days of the temptation in the wilderness. In other words, what God said to, to Moses, uh, Moses tried to keep it straight, but I'm going to tell you what, he had a lot of problem with those other folks trying to keep it straight. Amen. Amen. Harden not your heart. Amen. As in the provocation. Amen. Wherefore, uh, well, it says in the temptation, amen, amen, where your fathers tempted me and pr- and proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do not always, they do always err in their hearts and they have no knowledge of my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. They lost, they lost what God had promised them because they weren't sensitive, they weren't sincerely listening and following Moses' instructions to them as God was talking, amen, to him. Insensitive basically means, amen, not, uh, not feeling, incapable of being imp- impressed or incapable of having an ear to hear what 
God wants to do. Now, I, I, know, I know the leader of a church service many times, uh, there's a, well, what should we do? Like Sunday, there was some spiritual atmosphere around here Sunday. And uh, we just try to let, say, God, we, we, we want to know what the Spirit wants to do. Amen. We don't want to just uh, try to say well, we want to preach or we want to carry on our services. When the Spirit of the Lord moves, may we just kind of just jump in the water and flow with it. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's a good uh, way to express it. Amen. Desensitized makes to, to take away sensitivity, to make a person non-reactive. Amen. Amen. Non-reactive to whatever God wants to do. Yeah. I, uh, as I was trying to uh, kind of get my spiritual mind thinking in this, I, uh, I, I'll ask, much you question, ask a question here. Uh, how many of you, how many of you ever seen preachers, and I don't even know where I do or not, Brother Harrelson, I think he does pretty good. But uh, how many of you ever seen preachers just when they preach, they just... Never look at the congregation. Have you ever seen people like that? Have you ever seen preachers that didn't look like they come eyeball to eyeball to you? Have, have you ever seen preachers like that? Okay, there's one, there's two, three. Well, praise God. I thought there'd be a whole lot more than that because I've seen a lot of them. I don't think they ever saw anybody in the congregation. Well, what was they trying to do? They was trying to keep their mind off what they were looking at. And trying to keep their mind on God because I want to tell you what, you can lose it right quick if you start looking around. Amen. Can you say amen, Brother Brother Harrelson? Would say amen to that? <laughs> you, can sense, you can desensitize the preacher right quick. Amen. So some preacher just don't even look at, look at you folks. They're pretty smart. But, but we're talking about God's movement, God's spirit. Amen. And there is some people that is so desensitized that they will not respond to what is said because of some attitude that they have towards somebody else or some of the, about the preacher or Whatever, you know, it, the devil will always try to get your mind to where you couldn't take in anything because you're always uh, not allowing it to get into you. Amen. Am, I, am I making sense? I'm making a whole lot more sense sometimes I think I am, I guess. But it's, it's true. It's true. It is God wants to work every time we come to church. But sometimes our mind is not working with God. Sometimes we're not sensitive even to what the Lord wants to do in helping us. And you may, it may be just some problems you have. I don't know. It may be something that you're carrying. But the Bible says, or a song rather, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. That's a good song. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, the chapter. And I will begin reading at the fifth verse. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. 
Amen. Paul said there, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the spirit, amen, the things of the spirit. He says, for the carnal mind, for the, and uh, it's, it's the mind that can't keep it, God on their heart and their mind. It, it, they are, they're not coming to church to he, hear the word of the Lord Amen. And uh, there are some people that way. Please don't think that I'm just, I'm just slamming because I, I do know that there's people that's hungry for God, okay? But there's some people that they are not really, they not really want God to change them. Amen. Amen. And I don't want to get off less than much. But uh, sometimes we have prayer, you know, and we won't... Re- altar services and invite people to pray. Um, I think some people are afraid to come and pray because God might touch them and get a hold of them. And then they'd have to to surrender some of their things that they need to surrender to the Lord. I'm being negative, ain't I? I'm desensitizing you now. Amen. Amen. But so they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8 and 8. That, what is he saying there, they in the flesh? We're all in the flesh. Amen. But it's the carnal mind. It's that mind that somehow, is, verse 7 says, <laughs> carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither need can be. So I'm trying to say tonight that we don't need anything to attract our minds or whatever to get us out of focus of what we came for and what God wants to do for us. Amen. The carnal mind brings death, it said, and that's not physical death, but that's spiritual insensitivity. Amen. Amen. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And sometimes I would say, take your attitudes out of the church and throw them out, leave them out there. Amen. Let's allow God to do what he was desires to do in our life. Oh, praise God. Amen. We talk sometimes about what America is, used to be. And I know that that's a good subject to a lot of us. Well, we used to do this. We used to do this. We're used to, it used to be. And, and, and I, last night, I had a good long talk with some preachers. And, uh, and uh, one of them was telling me about his grandpa, how he used to, and he told him, he's, uh, there, he was a Tennessean too, you know. And he was talking about how his grandpa started a lot of churches in Tennessee and, uh, by, by having brush arbors and tent revivals. And uh, I, I could go right along with him. I, I didn't know him and he didn't know me at that period of time. But he was, we were talking about how the, it used to be, how it used to be. And the thing is, we are the same people. Amen. And if we're not the same people, we're the, we're the, we're the children of same, the same people. But what's happened in America? What's happened to the religious world? 
we have become desensitized to the things of God because we've been come, become so involved in things to survive in this world. One thing, but I've got a lot of other things here. Entertainment world we live in. I went to Bible college with a young man and uh, he, uh, he uh, rode with four different guys to, to work every day. I, I don't have, remember how long they worked, went, but they all left one city and, or, and they all went to work in another place. And uh, he, was the, he was a Christian boy. He had the Holy Ghost and, uh, and he, he, they had the radio blaring all the way, you know, all the time. And he said, you know, he said, I, I was just turning my mind off. I will not let this have an effect on my, my spiritual life. You know? And so he was, he didn't kind of join in with them at all and all the other conversation or whatever. But he said, you know what? It took about a month or so of that. And the next thing I know, I was working one day and I was just humming one of them tunes. He'd heard it every day, every morning, you know. And he, he started humming one of the tunes. And that reminded me when he told me that, that I rode to work with a man in the Beatles when the Beatles first came in. And I, he had this Beatle bit radio. And I said, who is that? Those guys, I thought they were in whatever. They were, they were pretty plain or calm, what we have today. But I had never, I never had heard this, that stuff that they were doing. But it will affect you. The world will affect you, and that's what's happened. The world is reflecting the church, not the church affecting the world. I will pause there for an amen or two. And so the world is trying to desensitize the church people. Amen. It's kind of hard when the blaring's at you. That, and I know that all the entertainment and the, and the things... Has, a, has an effect upon our being desensitized, amen, if we don't watch it. Amen. amen. It, will, it, will, it, it will seep into our hearts and we not even want to. Amen. I am not saying that the world is making us desensitized, amen, to everything. But I am telling you it is affecting the people that we have to witness to and trying to reach to get to, in the church. It's affecting them. They're desensitized. They're to the place where uh, the craziest people in, in, in America is probably the Christians to them. Because we are, we are obeying a different rule of law than they are. Amen? Amen. It, it makes, it's, it's just trying to make us insensitive to God ourselves. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, that is the most important thing to you and I is to make sure that he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. Praise God. And I got this wrote down here, okay? An insensitive person can sit in church and never respond to, or to the move of whatever God wants to do. They feel no sense of response. Paul speaks of it. He calls it a hardness. Hardness of the heart. 
Amen. Whatever state our heart and mind is in, it is not a permanent state, though. Hallelujah. Because I believe when the Spirit of God moves in one sense that anybody that has a feeling or sense, they can, they can change their heart and minds. God is the one that changes the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And it doesn't really matter what the world has done to us or whatever the world is doing. I'm going to tell you what, there could be a church on fire for God in Dothan, Alabama. Amen. And I think that we are, I, I, am, not, I am not trying to, to uh, cast down. I, we have had some wonderful spirit, spiritual church services lately Amen. in the last few weeks. And I wanted to see more and more of it. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Romans, the sixth chapter. Romans, back up to Romans chapter six. And uh, I will begin reading at verse number 16. Amen. And I didn't bring my amplified Bible, but that's what I want to read. Romans six and 16 says it like this. Know ye not that he to whom you yield yourself to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether it's sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Wherever, whatever you're yielding your mind to, you will become the servant of that. Amen. That's what Paul was saying. That's what the Amplified was. Maybe some words we need to just to, to lock out. Amen. Amen. And to somehow we are not going to yield ourselves, our minds. Amen. And, and brothers and sisters, I can tell you, amen, we have got to learn how to desensitize our minds to the spirit and desensitize ourselves to the way the world is because the world's got a louder voice. <laughs> I didn't, that's not in my notes that way, but I, there, there's, a, there's a louder voice, amen. That's a, Paul was saying here, you are, you are the servant to whom you yield your members. And what you're talking about your memory is not talking about your feet and hands all the time. It's, it's basically your mind and your heart. Amen. You will now read very far in the Bible before you realize man is caught in the middle between two forces. Amen. Amen. One appeals to the flesh and the other appeals to the spirit. And whichever member of your flesh or your spirit is going to be, uh, or your carnal mind or, or whatever, it's, it's, it's going to be whoever you yield to, you'll become the servant of. That's what Paul was saying. Amen. Praise God. We, we've got to make sure that, that we are, we're in charge, wherever we are. So the Christian ought to be in charge of, most wherever he is, Amen. if he possibly can, you know, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, I was in a conversation with a person <laughs> a week ago or so. <laughs> and uh, I knew what I was up against in that conversation. And uh, I knew that his purpose was to try to 
control the conversation. And it's not like me, but when I knew that that's what he was trying to do, I just was making sure that every time he started opening his mouth, I would just bring something in to correct him. And he never could get it cranked up. He just couldn't get it cranked. Yes. <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't Brother Patter, or Brother Harrelson. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's you got to, you either, you're going to be listening to a, a, a conversation that's trying to control you, or you're going to have to take control of the conversation the best you can. If you, know, you understand what I'm talking about, I was, just, I was not, I was nearly wanting him to co- take control of the conversation. And uh, so I, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was putting the brakes on everywhere he went, you know, scotching him or what. It worked good. It really worked good. I, I can't see I do that every time, but I knew what, was, you know, I, knew what I was up against, and I was just going to make sure that uh, he wasn't trying to rule the roost. Amen. You will not read very far in the Bible, I said a while ago, before you are realized that man is caught between the middle of two different forces. Whomsoever you yield your members to obey, his servants you will be. Amen. That, that, that basically, the word uh, desensitize or and the things that it's, it's basically to uh, surrender your will. Amen. Giving up your, I mean, uh, under pressure. The acting of yielding yourself. Don't, don't allow people to, uh, to, to pull the spirit out of you. Praise God. You've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And I'm amazed how well that Peter, after he got the Holy Ghost, he commanded the conversation every time. If you just read the first few chapters of Acts, Acts the second, third chapters, whatever, they'd come against him and, and he'd just, he would just get up and preach him a sermon before they ever got to say very much more. Hallelujah, on the day of Pentecost, buddy. They said they're drunk and whatever it was, but when he, when he got... When he got the floor, he stood up with the 11, and he said, you're, you, the, we are not drunk, we, I'm tell you, but I'm going to tell you what we do. There's something here happening that you need to hear about, and he preached it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say tonight that our minds and our hearts is going to be controlled either by God's spirit or the world will try to control it for you. Amen. If you don't stand up. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. And it says it about like this. It says, 
This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. And I guess that was kind of what I was trying to say a while ago. Uh, I mean, you, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll dig on that a little bit more. Later, but many, 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 many. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the, from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. This I say testifying, amen, that you henceforth not to walk as they do. You, you, don't, you don't follow their path. We're supposed to be leaders in the spiritual directions in our life, right? Because they're going to darken your minds and understanding. They've, they've already been darkened, is what Paul was saying here. Who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. And so what Paul was saying here is this. These folks have They've lost their way. They're blinded is, is other scriptures I've already quoted. Amen. But they have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in, in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversations. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust. Amen. And you put on the new man. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And they're renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. There is a cliche that I've heard many years, some years ago, it was just kept playing this over and over. Verse 17 says, you are not to walk after other Gentiles like, like the world. You're not to, they're not to be their controller of you. Amen. We should not live like they do, think like they do. Amen. Verse 18, their minds is, a, is in darkness. And thank God for the light that you and I have. They're alienated from the Lord. Amen. We must through Throw off and refuse to wear, amen, what they try to put on us. Hallelujah. God wants to direct our paths. Psalms chapter 20, 23, or 32, I'm sorry, I've got it backwards. Psalms chapter 32. And I had in Mark 23, I don't know why. Psalms 32, and I will begin reading it, verse number 8. Amen. I will instruct thee and teach thee in, thy, in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. Okay, the Lord, amen. I will guide thee with my eyes. I will instruct thee, amen, guide thee with my eyes. Be ye not as the horse, <laughs> or as the, the mule. Amen. Uh, I, I could pause about that because I've been, I've been around both of those in my younger years. Amen. Which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held 
in with bits. Amen. You can't make them do anything or change them until you bridle them. (laughs) Amen. I guess we're supposed to, the Bible says it, you know, that we're supposed to bridle our own tongues and then don't let the horses, amen, bridle us, but we bridle them. See if we can bridle the other people's tongues too. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lest they come near unto thee. Amen. I mean, I mean just read verse 9 all together. It's in two pages. Be not ye as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with the bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Now that's a, that's a, it's, it's not, we're not talking about horses, right? But he says that we're, we're, we're to, whatever we are endeavoring to do, and that's what I was talking a while ago, whatever we are endeavoring to do is don't let them bridle us. We've got to bridle them. Amen. We take the authority over, over them in that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I got a scripture wrote down here. And I got, got, we got verse one and two of the same chapter as what it was. Amen. Let me turn back there. Verse one and two of chapter 32 says it like this. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven and whose sins is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth unto not, not, not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse five, I acknowledge my sins. This is David. I acknowledge my sins unto thee and mine iniquities have I not hidden. I said, I will for- confess my transgressions unto the Lord and thou forgivest the iniquities of my sins. Amen, Selah. It's David. Amen. He is responding to the Lord as God is giving him instructions and guidance. God, he, he said, God said he would instruct and teach us and direct us, amen, through our situations. Guide us with his eyes. <laughs> I'll keep over while I'll be a, keep a watch over you. I'm going to tell you something. We talked about it last Wednesday night. The spirit of the Lord is here with us tonight. Amen. He's always around us. He's always amen. to comfort us, to guide us. And he's always speaking in our ears. My voice is not the only voice that you're supposed to be hearing. As we're teaching the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jeremiah. Oh, dear brother Jeremiah. Chapter 18. And I'm going to try to get through this. I'll get through it maybe a little bit earlier. Jeremiah chapter 18. And I'll begin reading at verse number one. Jeremiah 18, 1 says, And the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. 
And we all are very, very, very familiar with that scenario of how that God uses object lessons, just like I was talking about there a while ago, but God was talking to him to put the bridle in the mouth of the horse. Amen. So Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house and he is trying to work with this clay that's trying to make a good vessel. And that's what he is doing with each one of us. He's trying to work, shape our lives and direct our lives to where that it will, it will conform to his hands. Amen. Somebody wrote a song, he's still working on me and he's still working on you too, I guess. But uh, the Lord was telling Jeremiah so he would, so Jeremiah could preach it to us and talk to us about how that God continually works in our minds, our hearts, our thoughts, our messages, and object lessons. And I, uh, I was going to give some object lessons, and I just passed them by, but there's object lessons that sometimes a preacher can tell stories. And I, was, I could tell several stories of how God has used men and women beyond their thought patterns or whatever. And, and if you read the book of Jeremiah, you'll find that God was working with Jeremiah in so many different different ways of trying to get Israel to repent and, 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 and humble their hearts and submit to him. And you know what? What was wrong with them? Just like I'm teaching tonight, their hearts had become desensitized to the voice of the Spirit. And they could not hear anything that Jeremiah said. In fact, they, they just told Jeremiah that we're not going to listen to you. In fact, the king just took the book that Jeremiah wrote and took his pen knife. And he'd read a little bit of it and take it and throw it in the fire. Throw it in the fire. <laughs> That's just the word of God. God's just trying to talk to us and I'm not going to hear what God has to say. Amen. And he goes, goes down to the going down to the potter's house. He said, all God's doing is trying to shape us, trying to form us into a, an image of him. Amen. As, as Paul talked about in that, amen, God is working on earth. Keep your heart and minds open amen. to whatever God has to say. Amen. If you want to know where the problem lies, just read Jeremiah chapter 18 and 1 through 7. God will show you, amen, that he, is, he has to deal with some lumpy clay. <laughs> amen. I'm not preaching from it tonight, but, but you can understand what he's in. I, I'm going to cause... I'm going I'm to give an object lesson to what I'm having to deal with. That's what God was saying. Can I not, cannot have, can I, can I have control, can I, have, can I not shape these people Amen. 
Can I not have anything to control the way they are? No, no. They would not listen to anything that Paul or, or Jeremiah had to say. Amen. And so, amen. You just, I mean, just let's back up to chapter 17 and read a little bit there. It's Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. And in verse 14, I'll read, read a few verses of Scripture. Hear, ye, o, hear me, O Lord, amen, I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Behold, they say unto me, where is the Lord of God, of, of the Lord? Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. As for me, I have not hastened from being a pastor to follow thee, neither have I desired, amen, the woe, woeful days. Thou knowest that which cometh out of my lips hath, was right before thee. Be not a terror unto me, Thou art my hope in the days of evil. That Jeremiah's pleading with God and praying. I mean, I, I can't help what the people are doing, but he was wanting help from God. I want, amen, I, want, I need some help. Hallelujah. And I'm going to conclude, amen, just as God gave Jeremiah this lesson to make, amen, a, a, uh, a, a an object lesson, God, amen, saved Jeremiah and gave the words to him to preach unto them. So God uses our senses. God uses our senses. He uses our ears. He uses our eyes. And he will use us to bring us to the place. Amen. And I, uh, I had some scriptures Amen, that uh, God, God actually tr troubled people so he could wake them up a time or two. Amen. I believe there are many, there, there are many stories in the Bible and they're recorded, amen, in object lessons just like this in Jeremiah. So God uses our senses to, to, to sensitize us he used our eyes. He used our ears. He used our feelings to get to us in ways that he can bring his message to us. And that's, I'm, I'm referring to a church service. Sometimes when the preacher's preaching, he uses, he uses us in our, our senses to somehow bring his word to us to where we can wake up to the fact that God is wanting to change our lives. That's conviction sometimes when people have heard the word and they're convicted. But most people become desensitized or wouldn't let listen. Amen. Hallelujah. But God uses it for a purpose of bringing us into a better relationship with him. Amen. Amen. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to feel after God. Amen. And I, if you don't mind, I will go back over a story I told. I've told it, I told it last week or week before last. 
and it, it, it uh, I have a purpose in what I'm saying it, or saying it again. But uh, sometimes in our prayer, when we're praying, if, if we, uh, we run out of words to say, but I, I told you about this man that closed up his blacksmith shop, told him, went to the pastor and told him he wanted to go pray. Well, he went to pray and he told the pastor then, he said, I th- think God's trying to talk to us there. He was wanting to bring a, bring a prayer revival. And the preacher said, well, no, there's, there's no use to open up the church for just, to, just people to pray. Well, why don't you just start the prayer revival in somebody's home? You get somebody, you go over to their house, and we'll, we'll just be over there and pray. And they pray, they, they sit there. He just told them what we was going to do. We're going to pray tonight. I just feel God was wanting to pray. And so he, they all sat down in the chair and just waited, waited, waited. Remember that? Fifteen minutes passed, they was waiting. Not a word was said. Twenty minutes was passed, so... Somewhere between 25 minutes or so it passed, somebody started sniffing. Others started crying. And then they started praying. And then the whole group of people were praying. When they got through praying that, the next night they came back again. And there's a larger crowd. Third night it was too big for the church, for the house to be. So they went over to the church. They filled the church before the week was out. Amen. Practically everybody in that town was coming to it. And everybody uh, in, in their own way. And it's, it's just, uh, this was back in the times of, uh, I can't call his name now, Lord and mercy. Revival happened in New York area. Lord, forgive me. I couldn't remember it. But that brought the revival. That, that's, that town, practically everybody in that town turned their life over to God. You know what, brothers and sisters? It's just we just got to become sensitive because I believe that's what God wants for us. Amen. Now, I don't know, I cannot tell you whether it was three days, four days, or five days, or ten days. But Jesus told the disciples to tarry in the city of Jerusalem if they were endued with powerful on high. They came back from the Mount of Olives where Jesus was taken up, and they went into the upper room, and they prayed, and I'm sure that they talked because Peter stood up and he, he chose, to, uh, chose to appoint another disciple or apostle, take the place of Judas. But how many days it was, I don't know. But day by day, I feel like that there was a growing spiritual something that was transpiring in that upper room until the day of Pentecost which God had already purposed that that was the day it was going to fall. The Holy Ghost fell. And it became like a storm hit. 
it became to where, and I think if I can describe it, they burst out of that place because people run together and we know what's going on and they got out outside because Peter was preaching to tens of thousands of people probably. They were all gathered there for the Feast of Pentecost and God had it programmed purpose for that. But the disciples got into one mind and one accord. They got into a position that their minds were all focused on one thing and that is a move of God and they, like I say, I don't know where they tarried three days, four days, five days, or ten days. Jesus was, after his resurrection, was 40 days with them. But the thing happens was that when they got into one spiritual position, and that is, that is they were all under the influence of a spiritual desire, spiritual hunger, that the Holy Ghost fell you know what? I don't want the world to desensitize us to think that Amen. it's about almost 8.30, so we go home. Or why don't we just uh, ask God to say, why are we going to give you five minutes of our time? I want my mind to be sensitized to what you would like to do in my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, we're your church. And I know, God, we feel like that we've been beat down by the world. We feel like, Lord, sometimes we're struggling to survive in a world, I know we're, we're, I'm referring God to not just this church. I'm referring God to, when I start praying, God, I pray for Geneva Church. I pray, God, for those three people down there, Lord, that some way, I don't know how in the world you're going to get, I, I, don't, I can't even, God, describe to you how I think it ought to be. But there needs a revival in Geneva. God, where are there churches in our section, this, this area, Lord, where we are bonded together with a fellowship? We all need a revival, Lord. We all need to move your spirit. And God, we don't have time for you much, but God, let us take some time to allow your Holy Ghost to move in our lives. Where, Lord, that we can, God, somehow get it back, what we've lost, or our family, our forefathers, or whatever. That your power can move, and your love can reach, and our hearts will be burdened, and we become sensitive, God, to your purpose in our life. That we'll know what the Spirit is talking to us about, what we are, ought to do. I'm asking you, Jesus, to help us tonight. God, to somehow make a plan's purpose. God, to some way say, I'm going to give you my time. And I'm going to give you my mind. And Lord, I, I'm going to hear from you. I know you're talking, but I can't hear you. But we ask God that somehow our ears and eyes, God, see the need you told the disciples if they just look up, 
lift up their eyes and look. It was harvest time, and they were wondering what was going on at the well. I ask you, Jesus, to recognize, God, the time it is for us. And may we see a revival in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you.